Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with my co-host, Jed May, and we are here to talk to you about Georgia football recruiting, as always, live here on the UGA Sports YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe if you don't already because, man, we content is just going to start pouring out. I mean, uh, football season practice starts Wednesday, I think, uh, Jed, or they report report Wednesday, practice on Thursday. So uh, football season is here. It's getting going. So, Jed, uh, first of all, how's everything going, man? And uh, excited that, that football, we're in football month. Yeah, it's going all right. Uh, it's not the uh, not the greatest time in the world to be a Cleveland Browns fan like I am. But, um, you know, other than that, it's going good. Like, you can't complain about too much when there's high school football starting. I think scrimmages start next weekend and then you got the regular season after that so hard to complain too much when you got football right around the corner absolutely and you know when you come when you talk about high school scrimmages and high school games that's something here at uga sports that we're very excited to be out to bring you coverage of so another reason to be a member of uga sports.com over there on the vault not only do you get asked questions here every week on rumors versus facts and and interact on one of what I consider the greatest, you know, message board out there. I mean, it's been been around since 1997 and uh, just have a great time each and every day interacting with people. But also you get to see some behind the scenes type footage stuff that we're going to bring you, Jed. We're going to be going to games uh, around not only Georgia, but I'm sure you'll go to a couple in, uh, you know, other states and things like that to, to catch some Georgia targets and, and, you know, being the national analyst you are i'm sure you'll be helping out on that uh that end of it too but excited to cover some high school football here soon yeah and you look at georgia i mean georgia's got i mean monroe freeling is in i believe charleston you got Jaden davis in the charlotte area you got jacksonville which has become such a hotbed like jordan halls in jacksonville um colin hurley is down there in jacksonville a 25 quarterback um not to mention the all the talent that's over in alabama so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i'm like i said i think I want to say scrimmage. There's some scrimmages going on next weekend, which is kind of uh, snuck up on me a little bit. But but um, yeah, really excited to to get out on the road next week and and start seeing some kids um, in action other than uh, seven on sevens in camps. Absolutely, time for some time some, for some real football, putting on the pads, uh, not just in high school but uh, college and, and NFL. All of it's starting to get cranked up, so you can you can basically smell it in the air when it comes to August right here. We're getting getting ready to get going. And speaking of August, we've hit the dead period for recruiting Jed. Now that uh, really the only communication you can have is via text. There's no calls. There's no on-campus visits, all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, much more low-key. Some of those key visits have taken place here in the last week uh, with the dog days of summer event that Georgia held, some key recruits being in there. I'm sure we'll be talking about many of those we got lots of questions so uh let's check in with some of these guys here on the the youtube channel we got sec low uh, sc low country dogs say good evening dog fans we got alan riles uh hopping in there so i absolutely love your show we appreciate you tuning in uh alan so you know lots of people tuning in here tell us where you're from we'd really uh we'd really like to to know where you're uh where you're checking in from so it's uh it's he said this Montana dog. So we got Francisco coming all the way in from Montana. So uh, make sure to tell us where you're watching from, and uh, we we appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button, like we said. So here we go. Let's uh 
let's touch on some news, Jed. So so far, um, it was a big weekend uh, of visitors, as I said. Um, Jaden Davis was in town. You've got lots of you know 2024 guys that were in town. Ricky Gibson, a 2023 defensive back that absolutely wowed Georgia a couple weeks ago. What other guys have you kind of talked to that were uh, that were in town this weekend, and maybe that Georgia got a chance to make an impression on? Yeah, um, not this weekend, but Jordan Hall, a big defensive tackle out of Jacksonville, was here, I think, Tuesday through Wednesday. Um, Saturday, King Joseph Edwards out of Buford was in town. Um, K.J. Bolden out of Buford was in town. Um, Jaden Davis, you mentioned Ricky Gibson. Um, whew, gosh, uh, Monroe Freeling was in town, although he has he is, is a difficult guy to get a hold of on the phone. He was in town, and that's a guy that, there, there has been some smoke on the board yesterday, Blaine, where where we were mentioning that we were hearing that Bo Hewley might end up flipping to Auburn. That smoke has kind of died down a little bit, but if that eventually were to happen, that makes Monroe Freeling that much more important. So, um, yeah, Sakovi so White, a 24 guys in town, that's just exploded over the past few months. Uh, personally, I think he's a future receiver at the next level just with how explosive he is. He was in town. Um, gosh, there's so, there's so many. I just can't even think of them all. But, yeah, it's just a huge weekend. This was the weekend. And they did the same thing last year. They had the cookout. They had the slip and slide, the indoor facility, the good food, the, uh, you know, relay races, stuff like that. So, and you talked to a lot of these kids and like, yeah, this is a pretty unique setup with the games and, and all. And Georgia does a good job of that because you think back a couple months, right, Blaine? You got the scavenger hunt, which is another, um, I guess, not your typical show up to campus, go to meetings with the coaches, um, all that kind of stuff. So, um it's a big weekend for georgia it always is with this kind of thing and um from all accounts it it went pretty well absolutely the georgia is on campus recruiting we've said it on here many times second to none they do a great job that that not only the coaches but the support staff puts a lot of time into it a lot of hours uh go into preparation for that uh welcoming the, those prospects and their families and and the things of that nature. So uh, we are, you know, happy to, to bring all of the news, notes, insight that we've, you know, gathered from that weekend to you guys. Like we said, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, okay, so we have, let's see, what do we want to touch on first? I mentioned yeah, I gotta, Rick. I was, was going to give a couple of shout-outs to these uh, these guys in the YouTube comments. Jeff P. from Commerce and Jotham Down Road. Dude, I know exactly where that is. Uh, my grandmother lives in Isla. Go past Jotham Down Road, eat lunch all the time. Know exactly where you're at. And we got Randy Gibson from Tacoa, home of Ben Cleveland. Ben Cleveland played against um, my Madison County Red Raiders in high school. Uh, got a buddy who swore he he pushed him up and down the field. So I don't um, hey. know about Every- that. But Randy's also got a question. What's the chances of this landing the kid out of Jefferson, the linebacker, uh, Sammy Brown? I will say I think Georgia is is one of the favorites. Clemson's there. Tennessee is there. Um, I think this summer's been big for Sammy because he's got to see some new places, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame. Um, I believe this summer's when he got out to Oklahoma for the first time, and there's obvious the obvious Brian Bosworth comparison, right, with his hair. Um, so, But I think Georgia's positioned, positioned itself to be that school that's going to be there for the long run. I, I don't know if you put a – I don't know. I, I wouldn't put in a future cast for him like today or whatever, but um, I definitely think George is one of the favorites there for Sammy Brown and will be throughout. I don't think he's going to commit. He's going to be one of those guys that takes his officials next summer and everything before he commits, but um, definitely George is going to be one of the favorites there for Sammy Brown. 
Absolutely. Uh, a guy that I wanted to talk about before we get to vault questions, Ricky Gibson. I told people on the vault that I'd be sharing a little bit of news here uh, that we haven't even reported yet. Ricky Gibson's going to be making a commitment on August 14th, uh, and he is going to make his decision known out there. Penn State, Tennessee, Georgia, those are those are some of the main contenders there. Um, he'll probably drop a top three. I wouldn't be surprised if those guys were the guys included in it. Ricky Gibson is defensive back out of Alabama. Uh, in fact, he's going to be taking on Georgia commit A.J. Harris in a matchup in week one of their high school season. Jed and Ricky Gibson is a guy who showed up at a Georgia camp, wasn't really heavily recruited by Georgia, and just, you know, casually runs a 4-3 laser-timed 40 and jumps a 41-inch vertical. And, you know, I, I think uh, I think Will Muschamp blew a hammy trying to get over there to uh, – <laughs> trying to run over to him to make sure he gave that kid an offer right after he jumped that 41-inch vertical. So, Ricky Gibson is a guy that I think Tennessee, obviously, with, with their – culture and the way things are trending under Josh Heupel they, they, hey you can't say that it's not a program without momentum it is but I think Georgia really uh, impressed uh, Ricky Gibson it, he, he was there for two days this weekend and that's big uh, getting the last on-campus visit with him before a commitment decision goes down on August 14th yeah and he's a guy we told y'all at the beginning of the summer right there's going to be guys that come out of nowhere and come to camp and just blow the coaches away and Ricky Dixon, Ricky Dixon, Ricky Gibson is, don't know who Ricky Dixon is. If you're out there, please <laughs> comment. But um, Ricky Gibson is one of those guys that shows up and, you know, some of those things you just can't teach. Is he a little raw? I mean, probably, but you can't teach, like you said, the speed and the broad jump and all this other kind of stuff, the 40 times. So, um, I mean, it's, it's hard not to look at Georgia as the favorite. He's been in Athens multiple times um, here over the past couple months. And, like you said, that last visit before a commitment with a couple weeks. Is, now, the the question for Georgia is, with it being a couple weeks, does a, a so-called visit high maybe wear off? But I think where Georgia's positioned itself well enough to where they're going to feel good going into that commitment here, I guess, two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the clock is ticking on that one. Then, uh, you know, we mentioned Jaden Davis uh, being in, in town, um, 2024 quarterback, you mentioned him a little bit earlier out of the Charlotte area, was originally from Georgia, grew up a Georgia fan, uh, talked to some sources, and apparently that visit could not have gone any better for Jaden Davis in terms of how he is communicating with the coaches about about the system. Uh, they're being very open and honest about how everything went down with the, the Arch Manning process because that's something that guys want to know about. I mean, in fact, you know, there were there were th questions that Arch Manning asked the staff about, you know, apparently about okay, what's going on with these other quarterback situations in the past. So Georgia's quarterback pass is something they have to answer for with the quarterbacks now. Apparently, those answers were satisfactory to Jaden Davis and his family. Look for Jaden Davis to show back uh, up in Athens for. I would say multiple games this fall. I don't think just one. I think he'll be back for multiple, could even be back for that Oregon game. Uh, Jed, you know, 
it seems like it's a Julian Sayan, Jaden Davis race uh, to be the first one committed to, to Georgia in the class of 2024. But um, we keep saying that, but Julian Sayan, you know, he still still hasn't done anything yet. So do you do you kind of see it that way with those two quarterbacks? Hey, first one to jump on board. And uh, do you think Georgia, you know, actually ends up getting one of those two? Yeah, I don't think the staff has um, prioritized one guy over the other. They love both of them. Julian Sayan's been in Athens, I believe, three times. But you say, well, that's not that many. When you consider he's in California and he hasn't – he's a 24 guy, hasn't taken official visits, so hasn't gotten any visits paid for. That's a um, – you know, that's a, that's not a um, negligible amount. But it's it's interesting because, like you said, Julian saying he's got this late October, early November commitment timeline that he's kind of looking at. He hasn't moved it up yet. Um, he, he made no indication he's going to do so. He hasn't indicated he's going to reclassify to 2023. Jaden Davis told our North Carolina state writer, J.C. Zimble, a couple weeks ago, flat out, I am not committing or I am not reclassifying to 2023, uh, despite some typos I made on the board earlier saying the opposite. So um, some typos. That's, that's the thing. So um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, right now, I think, the way Davis made it seem to JC when he had that interview was he's going to take his time with the process. Michigan's heavily involved there. Clemson's in North Carolina's in, I believe he mentioned Penn state in that interview as well. So, I mean, even even, if, L- even LSU could, yeah, could so have a shot. Time, I mean, even if he committed in say February, that's just, you know, spitball on a date. That's still several months after Julian Sayan's playing commitment date. So if, if Julian Sayan calls the Georgia staff up and says, hey, I want to be a Bulldog, the staff's going to give him a green light, I believe, even if they think yeah. they're in a position with Jaden Davis. And they're just going to say, okay, we got our goal in this class is to get one of these two guys. We got Julian Sayan if he's coming first. And, you know, Jaden Davis, best of luck to you in your in your future endeavors. So um, I don't think they're I don't think they're going after one or the other. I think they want to get one of them. And if it happens to be saying wants to go first, now if Jaden Davis calls him tomorrow and he's like, you know what, screw this Michigan thing, I'm I'm ready to go ahead and commit, then they would they would welcome him with open arms, right? But what we have to go on right now, Julian's saying as at least has a timeline, a vague timeline anyway in mind. And um Jaden Davis seems like he's gonna be taking a little longer. So if I had to bet today, I would say Julian saying um is gonna be committing first and and Georgia's in a good position in his recruitment. Yeah, I think that uh if you're gonna be waiting on Jaden Davis. I think, first of all, I put a note out there about reclassification becoming a more prevalent trend. I was not talking about Jaden Davis. There are some elite prospects out there, and we've said that we will not say who those guys are because we are never going to tip a prospect's hand. That's just not the business that we're that we're in. If something's imminent, of course, you know, but if, if there's something that's literally being worked through between parents and and counselors and, uh, uh, you know, at, at a kid's school and trying to find out if they can do that or not, we are not going to do that. But I will tell you, not Jaden Davis, but there are some elite prospects at positions of need that Georgia is targeting. Uh, that could move up from the 2024 to 2023, from 2025 to 2024. So there are some major reclassification possibilities out there. Now, on the Jaden Davis front, I think that Julian saying definitely is going to commit to a school before Jaden Davis. I don't think Jaden Davis makes a decision until after 
he takes his official visits, honestly. I think it's more this time next year for Jaden Davis before he makes a decision. So here's your question. If you're the Georgia staff, just like you said, when you missed out, you put all your eggs in one basket and you missed out on Arch Manning, I don't think you can afford to do the same, Jed, in this class. They've, they've got to take a quarterback that they believe in possibly even take two quarterbacks in the class of 2024 because guess what i know everybody wants to say oh that that vandergriff and stockton and beck oh they're all such you know uh dang you know they're 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 so loyal they're good dogs and all that kind of stuff guess what there's only one quarterback on the field somebody's gonna leave okay and you're gonna be left in that situation you could be left in that situation again like georgia was when jake Fromm was the only one there other than a very young Stetson Bennett, okay? And he was the only quarterback they had uh, the year 2019 when they faced LSU in the in the uh, SEC championship game. Georgia, Kirby Smart, Georgia had vowed never to be in that situation again. They're going to have a stacked quarterback room. Wouldn't be surprised if Georgia takes two guys. Maybe not. Obviously, you're not going to get a Saiyan and a Davis in the same class, but a Saiyan and a a guy that's more of a, a project-type guy, sure. Um, also, in the class of 2023, rem- remind everybody about the walk-on, uh, preferred walk-on quarterback that called up Todd Munkin out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, re- refresh people in case they didn't hear that last week. Yeah, his name is Will um, Pritchard, I guess. Pritchard or Pricard, one. Um, he's out of Florida. And yeah, I he posted on Twitter he had a preferred walk-on scholarship offer, and I reached out to him saying, "Hey, how'd this come about?" He's like, "Yeah, I just called up Todd Bunkin, see if they had any uh, PWO spots." And I was like, "Huh, that's not usually how those kinds of things work." Uh, when you when usually when you got guys um, hitting up coaches, they just go straight to the junk mail or whatever. But yeah, Munkin likes his film. Um, Pryker is hoping to get up. Pryker, I've, I've already said it twice. That's, I think Pryker sounds more distinguished in my mind, but. Um, he's hoping to get up to Athens for a visit and he was basically saying, yeah, I could, I don't have a timeline. I could go at any time. Now the question is Florida seems to be the other favorite top school, whatever Florida, it appears has offered him a scholarship. So do you go where the money is? Do you like, what do you, if you're like, it would seem to me you would just take the scholarship over the walk-on spot, but then do you go, like there's a lot of variables there, basically. Um, it's two kind of different uh, scales. So long answer, that's a guy that Georgia could be looking at. We've mentioned Case and Wiseman a bunch, um, although that that ship, we haven't heard a whole lot there, which would make me think that Georgia's not necessarily acting soon on the Case and Wiseman front, maybe wait for some game film. So yeah, is it possible Georgia takes a quarterback in this 23 class? I mean, I guess it's possible still, but I think, like you said, Blaine, I think, at this point, the more likely scenario is they end up taking two guys um, in that 24 cycle. Well, I will say this, okay, and this is just off a couple of days of uh, recent development. So, right, I think Georgia is going to pull together a wide receiver class that is going to be far, far exceed the expectations of even a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there are some, there are some receivers that that look like they're trending towards Georgia that that is uh, really really impressive for Brian McClendon if he does bring these guys in in the fir- in the first class Georgia's um the first class of him being the wide receivers coach I think you're talking about uh guys like Anthony Evans that Georgia's in a dogfight with with Oklahoma uh that I think you know they're in really good position there Tyler Williams they already have Raymond Cottrell you know 
Yazid Haynes, who they flipped from Penn State. A lot of speed, a lot of down the field, breakaway, you know, type type route running guys in that class. If they were to add somebody like a Hakeem Williams on top of it, who Georgia's, you know, kind of going head to head with Texas A&M for, it's not out of the realm of possibility that a high profile quarterback is flipped in the class of 2023. I'm not talking about Arch Manning. No. So don't, don't, don't it's crash. It's always the, about Arch Manning, Blaine. It's don't crash the comments. Don't crash the comments, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that Georgia flips a quarterback in the class of 2023 late. Um, at least I know that, that there's some, uh, there's, there's some, some legwork being done behind the scenes on one of those. So, Make sure you're tuned into the vault as things get closer to December. I promise that kind of stuff is going to heat up. That's a reason to be a part of the UGASports.com family so that we can uh, provide you with with insights like that. So make sure to subscribe here. Go over to UGASports.com and check out the vault and speaking of the vault jet it's time to kick off our questions from these guys so let's start off with b hodge 0702 b hodge the guy who called me out of my uh typo earlier when I accidentally said julian saying was reclassifying so appreciate you calling me there b hodge what does our d-line board look like and where do we stand with each prospect okay so d-line we know you, you mentioned jordan hall was in town Georgia desperately wants to go after James Smith and get James Smith inked. I think those two are far and away the top targets. If they could get James Smith and Jordan Hall, then uh, Trey Scott on top of uh, Jamal Jarrett, Trey Scott would uh, sleep uh, a happy man. I, w- I would say. I mean, he would he would be he would be looking at a contract <laughs> extension, raise all that kind of stuff, bringing in that kind of talent. Um, Jed, I think there's some other guys out there, Xavier, Xavier McLeod, other guys. Uh, any anybody else come to mind that you can think of on the defensive front? Yeah, Xavier McLeod was in town this weekend. Um, Jamal Jarrett is in his ear. Um, pretty good. South Carolina, Michigan, also really involved there. Um, I mean, there's Kelby Collins, who we've talked about before, as a guy that's a little bit of a tweener, a Trayvon Walker type in terms of you know body body type type body stuff. Type, right. Um, I don't think not athleticism at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You pumped the brakes on the Trayvon Walker comps, but, um, I don't think Georgia at this point, I would say Collins ends up elsewhere. Alabama's in there. Florida's in there. Um, I mean, if we're going to go to the, um, you know, if we're going to blur the lines between D line and edge, there's Nicholas Harbor out there. They're saying Kamarin, Kamarin James is another one, uh, that, that I think people, uh, need to look at. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that I know a lot of people think is going to go into Florida, but, uh, I think Georgia is more heavily involved than people know there. So, um, and I may have mispronounced the young man's first name. It may be Cameron James, uh, Cameron Kamar. And it's, it's one of those two, but he's, he's a young man that, um, they are heavily, heavily recruiting. And I know for a fact that Georgia's have in communication with on regularly. So uh, keep an eye out for that young man. All right. Uh, Jed, what do you think about this question from Jay doggy here? Yeah. With the impact of NIL on recruiting, do you guys see a significant impact in last minute flips come early signing day, a last minute NIL offer changing a kid's mind? Well, let's just be candid. Okay. It definitely happened last year. 
look at uh, Kamari Wilson, okay? Georgia wanted Kamari Wilson. Uh, Kamari Wilson's mom and dad wanted him to go to Georgia, uh, didn't want him to remain in the state of Florida, but yet he remained in the state of Florida. And, uh, you know, that happened very late. So you, you, you call that what you will. Um, I think you're definitely going to see some, some guys in schools, Jed, that if they don't have all the needs met, all of a sudden a booster, you know, uh, that, that is running a collective may, may just magically find a kid's phone number and, and give them a call and start, to, you know, opining on all the great qualities of the university that they support mixed with a little, uh, you know, a little incentive. Yeah. It's like you said about being candid, like you'd have to be stupid to think that kind of thing will not happen or has not already happened last year. Right. Um, which then you open up the question of that's added calculus for these schools, right? If, if player X comes to their coach and says, Hey, so-and-so offered me, you know, $500,000. That's another calculus and saying, okay, well, we want this kid in our class. Do we, $500,000 want him. And then, then those schools might have to go somewhere. So like, that's one more late wrinkle. And that's the crazy, you know, Kirby smart has talked about this a lot with how the recruiting calendar is. George makes the SEC championship game with SEC championship games on a Saturday. And then three or four days later is, is early signing day. So how do these coaches sleep during that week? I don't know, but that's one more, I guess, added layer of, of uh, calculations or whatever these guys are going to do on that week. So, um, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it has happened. It will happen, and it's going to happen until the NCAA puts guidelines down or there's federal regulation or whatever. Um, but that's just – that's the world now. That's the world we live in. 100%. All right, uh, OU Herschel Walker. Do we have a better chance with McLeod or Hall? Uh, what are the chances of getting both? Jed, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I think, like I said, I think that Jordan Hall and James Smith – would both be higher on the pecking order than McLeod. Um, I think there's probably uh, maybe a higher chance to get McLeod than there is, you know, both of those first two that I mentioned. Yeah, I think I think out of those two, I would give Georgia a better chance with Jordan Hall. I'm going to talk to him today. Story coming out tomorrow. He's really high on Georgia. Loves Trey Scott. He's another one of those guys that the coaching staff called the night of the draft you know they FaceTimed him from Vegas and like, hey dude, this this could be you. And that happened with Jamal Jarrett. We we know how that turned out. George landed Jamal a couple weeks ago. So um now personally I think at this point Georgia has a better chance maybe with McLeod than Smith if we're talking about getting two guys. Um so um yeah I mean Blaine what do you think? I think James Smith is 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 trending elsewhere personally. Um I you know what what do you what do you think? I, I the the thing with James Smith is there's just such a connection between Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann and that area that Montgomery area because they've been there they 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 recruited that area heavily uh, have a lot of connections to that area that are directly tied to Quay Rusal and James Smith and I think both of those guys actually want to play you know college football together. Um, so, you know, having a good foot in the door with Jane, uh, with Quay Russell doesn't, doesn't hurt Georgia's, um, hurt things for Georgia on the James Smith front either. So, you know, when it comes down to it, I think Alabama and Auburn, Georgia, 
uh, all right in the mix for those. But like you said, I, I, I like Jordan Hall out of the better out of uh, for Georgia than I do McLeod uh, right now. Um, so I don't know that you can get get both. That would certainly be a huge, huge yeah. pull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah big big deal for trey scott if he could do that now jed I'll, I'll take this one as you can see i've got a monday night raw going over here on my my shoulder because i am a huge wrestling fan and oh you hershel walker likes to play along and uh say which manager wins a cage match man we got some cage match questions tonight battle royal between jim Cornette, bobby the brain heenan paul bear precious paul Aaron, jimmy hart paul Heyman, and jj dillard i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with uh with Bobby the Brain Heenan. People don't realize Bobby the Brain Heenan was actually a really good wrestler before he got into the the managing thing and hurt his neck and all that kind of stuff. So uh, don't uh, don't underestimate the weasel. I'm going to give it to Bobby the Brain. Oh, you Herschel Walker, we, we appreciate you uh, playing into my little uh, res- wrestling uh, stuff there. That's good stuff. So, uh, Jay, we got one from Jeremy2021. Paul Bear is just such an awesome name. That's it is. It that's is. so good. Um, is there a commitment time frame I missed for Samuel and Pimba? Chances of landing him, and then also Samson Okanlowa. Yeah, uh, and Pimba is not going to make a decision before December. I mean, he he's going to take it to December. He's told me that multiple times. Like he he said that he's just going to take it to the wire. I, I don't. If he does, if he does, I, that would be that would mean some significant. Uh, some significant um you know development has taken place and we talked about those developments a little bit earlier i i I see you in the comments over there foghorn okay i see you talking about paul erlering being a wrestler but you're underestimating bobby the brain heenan's ability to cheat okay Harry Leg says Cornette has a tennis racket that's true but anyways back to the uh back to the question here i think in pimba Okay, waits this one out uh, closer to December. I think Georgia has a really good chance of landing him there. I think it's, you know, uh, Georgia, Notre Dame, Oregon, uh, Miami, who else? Tennessee. Uh, there, there's uh, even Alabama. There's lots, of, there's lots of schools there that are in this thing with Mpemba. Uh, Lola, Jed, I think that ship sailed. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't see him picking Georgia. I mean, if we're talking about commitment timeline, I think it's going to be either later in the season or, um, like you said, closer to early signing day. Because I know he's, he's, I believe, has two officials left, if not three. And um, at this point, is obviously going to be taking those during the season. Um, but yeah, I don't see Georgia getting Okanola, which kind of goes back to what I said earlier with with Monroe Freeling and Bo Hewley. Because I don't think Georgia's getting Okanola. I don't think they're getting T.J. Shanahan. Um, so those are two of two five-star targets that Georgia's really that they kind of swung and missed. I think they were in it a little more for Shanahan than Okanola. Now, if Georgia gets Okanola back on campus for an official, I mean, you never know. Um, but yeah, I think that ship's probably sailed. But um, talking about commitment timeline, yeah, I think it'll be later in the season or um, maybe towards early signing day for Samson. For sure. Let's hit a let's hit the. Uh... YouTube comments real quick. We got one here from Randy Gibson. He says, any word on how Branson Robinson is doing? Are we going to go after more running backs in this class? RBUs getting whooped as far as big name backs. What's up with that? Now, yeah, hey, they, they lost out on Justice Haynes and Richard Young, but uh, I wouldn't put it past Del McGee 
to flip somebody here in this class of 2023. They're still pursuing Justice Haynes. I wouldn't bet a significant amount of money that mattered to my family that Justice Haynes is going to flip from Alabama, but they're going to pursue him until the ink is dry on the on on signing day for sure. You can bet that. I'll tell you this about Branson Robinson. I wouldn't want to get in a fight with him. I don't know how he's yeah. doing on the football field, but I, I, I'm not risking physical bodily harm by making that dude mad because he could throw him yeah. into a wall and not even think about it. So it's it's for sure. Uh, Branson Robinson is a, is a physical specimen. I'll tell you this. Um, I've done some uh, some some talking to some sources at Georgia. They're very very impressed by Branson Robinson early on, and I wouldn't be shocked if you see Branson get some some meaningful carries here in the. Uh, in the 2022 season, not just some, uh, not just mop up duty or something like that. Some meaningful work for Georgia because the young man is an absolute specimen. Um, A6A4F18 says, who are some of the potential flips by signing day? Well, I think you're, you're not going to see some of those potential flips uh, come into play right now, because I think there's going to be some guys that Georgia maybe you know, loses out on. Of course, you talked about uh, guys that could flip away from Georgia, like like potentially a Bo Hewley, um, you know, Jed. So I think it's going to kind of be much like our the question we got earlier. What do you need right at the end, and how much are you willing to do to to be able to flip somebody in the world of of uh, of NIL and things like that these days? So I think those are going to come into play um, later on. But I think offensive line is going to be the main position that you probably see Georgia having to flip somebody late. And then if they were to have four, five uh, top-notch, you know, four-star higher, four-star and higher receivers in this class by, let's say, you know, November, then that that would be an incentive to maybe go get a, a quarterback that they'd had contact with before and flip him uh, before signing day. Yeah, like you said, I think offensive line, especially, again, it, with, with how the Bo Healy situation turns out, keep an eye on that one. If you want one name, um, look at Roderick Robinson. He's a running back from California. He's committed to UCLA. George has been in contact. He actually posted on Twitter that he got his official offer um, today. I'm not saying anything's imminent. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just trying to be a good show host and give you one name to, to keep an eye on. So watch Roderick Robinson there running back out of California. There you go. The national analyst has spoken. <laughs> He's got some contacts out of the West Coast. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, dirty low country dog. Jed has a question for us. Yeah, any chance of flipping Stefan Green, defensive tackle from Rome, that's currently committed to the Rock Petters? Uh, that would be Clemson. <laughs> Affectionately, the Clemson Tigers. Known from... as the Rock <laughs> so here's the deal. A lot of guys that commit to Clemson early on, and I know that Dalen Everett was a guy that Georgia flipped, you know, last year. But most of the time, when guys commit to Clemson, Jed, they're they're locked in, like they like that. That's where they want to go. One because Clemson's weird in how they recruit, and if you buy into that the first way around, then you you're drinking the that Dabo Kool Aid. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I would imagine that. Green stays with Clemson. Um, I'm sure Georgia is going to, you know, be in con- but I don't think Georgia put a full court press on uh, Steph Stephlin Green even when he was uncommitted. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I don't think Georgia really pursued him that hard 
I mean, they made his, I believe they made his top eight or top six or whatever. Um, but I don't think Georgia was a super serious factor there. Now, when you look at the defensive line board, say in some doomsday scenario, Georgia misses on Jordan Hall, Xavier McLeod, um, and James Smith, then you could see Georgia go back to Stephylon Green and, and say, hey, you sure you, uh, you sure you don't want to come stay home and, and play in Athens? But like, like you said, I don't think Georgia was a super serious factor in this recruitment before he committed to Clemson. So um, I'd put the probability there pretty low. Absolutely. We have another, yet another, uh, and this one, a more odd one from PA Dog 610. A, a, a question on uh, cage matches. Yeah, who wins a cage match between me, Blaine, and Trent? PA Dog has his money on me, so I appreciate that as a fellow, um, you know, got bloodlines up in the north. I don't know, man. I'm. We've established that Jed's a lover, not a fighter. Okay? Yeah, I, I don't like. I, I don't know. I think I'd go into it and like I, I think I'd fight dirty, and then I'd just be like, yeah, you know what? It's not I'd just. Jed's got Jed's got the reach. Okay, so if it's That's it true. turns into if it turns into a, a boxing match, Jed's got us all. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I'm sure Trent would do well because you know, I mean, he did teach at Gainesville High School, and uh, that's that's kind of like you know. I'm sure that got him well prepared uh, for some combat situations uh, teaching at uh, Gainesville High School. But uh, other than that, guys, uh, you know that's that's just a fun little fun little deal there from PA Dog. Appreciate you tuning in every week, man. We we really appreciate it. Uh, Pine Tree One, uh, how are things looking for Rusal and Damon Wilson? He's talking about Quay Rusal out of Carver in Montgomery. Uh, and then he says, Kurt Angle moonsault from the top of the cage is the most surprisingly athletic and ballsy thing I've ever seen in wrestling. Disagree. Well, probably the more athletic thing was when uh, when Brock Lesnar tried to do the, the moonsault with Kurt Angle in WrestleMania, except he landed on his neck and about killed himself right there. And, uh, you know, so that gave himself a concussion. That's pretty impressive. Seeing Vader do a, a moonsault at th- over, you know, almost 400 pounds, really impressive. And uh, some of the stuff the Big Show used to do too, but that's enough wrestling right there. So how are things looking for Quay Rusal and Damon Wilson? Okay, so Damon Wilson out of Venice, Florida, uh, edge guy. Quay Rusal, of course, as I said, out of Montgomery, Alabama. Dead, they don't get two bigger targets uh than those two for Georgia on the edge. I mean, you got Mpemba and Nichols that are right up there as well, but uh, Rusal and Wilson very much so are wanted by Chidera Uzo, Deribe, and this Georgia staff in the class of 2023. Yeah, Rusal's got that crazy athleticism, right, where they were originally, I don't know about originally, but they were earlier in the cycle recruiting him as an inside linebacker, and then now the focus has kind of shifted outside and then Damon Wilson's got him. Remember he's the one for those who have forgotten. He's the one that showed up that first weekend in June. And we we saw this giant guy in these pictures and we're like, who is this? And he showed up for a multi-day unofficial that first weekend. So, um, you know, they're both, like you said, they're both guys. George is going after, um, Russo over the summer, things were really, were really heating up between him and Georgia. That's cooled off a little bit as other teams have really kind of pulled up in it pulled up in the race and he's obviously got the factor with James Smith and, and potentially being a, you know, you hate to use the term pack. If there's, there's those two are about as close to a package deal as you get Blaine. I know you're, you're close to that situation. They're really tight. They train together, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and then Damon Wilson. Yeah. George is going after him hard. I mean, I don't know, Blaine, what do you think? If I had a bet today, if they got one, 
I don't know. I got. I think I might say Damon Wilson. What do you think? I don't know. I I, I just. I, I honestly don't I, know. I I think that they're both um, far from decisions. I really yep. do. Even though even though they've got it honed down to four or five schools that they're looking at, I think these are both guys that. When you talk about that NIL uh, that we talked about earlier, I think both of these guys being elite edge guys uh, that can really get after the passer, that there's there's a market for that, and mm-hmm. these collectives are going to to find that. So uh, and, and and they're going to find that market, I'm sure, out there. So we'll see um, we'll see what what happens in terms of those two. I think that Georgia is very very close with Quay Russell. He loves how Georgia goes about their their defense how they use guys in that defense the versatility so uh it is uh it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how those two um how those two play out but i think quay russell maybe i'm going to go the opposite and just say quay russell might have a little bit better chance of ending up at, at georgia right now um so we'll see i don't know uh it's it's both of them are right in the mix. But uh, we'll take a couple more questions from YouTube before we sign off here. So we got uh, Clay Williams on here with us. He says, what positions will Kirby likely go to the transfer port- portal for this year? So meaning this offseason. Jed, I think you could see quarter a quarterback get brought in if it was the right one. If they don't, you know, obviously if they don't take a high school guy in the class of 2023 or maybe they took a Will uh, Prickert, Pr- Pritchard, Prickert, whatever his name is, uh, as a preferred walk-on. If they did that, they could still take one, depending on you know who maybe who transfers after this year. You never know uh, what what goes on in in that case. I think running back could be a position that if let's say Georgia elects not to to take um, to take a running back in the class of twenty twenty three, they don't want to feel like they're reaching on somebody. They could. I think there's going to be a, a plentiful market of experienced running backs that are looking for opportunities elsewhere. And then I, I always think Georgia would take a look at uh, at both wide receiver and defensive back. But, I mean, anything spe- specific that comes to mind for you, you think? Uh, I could see maybe looking at an edge rusher if, if they find a guy that's a good fit because Nolan Smith and um, not Bradley Beal. Um, Robert Bill, not the basketball yeah, player. Bradley, Bradley Bill. That's <laughs> a lot Bill. of points per game to, to replace yeah. right there. Yeah. Um, I mean, those two will be gone after the year, so maybe depending. Now, that could also depend on – and that's where kind of some of the uncertainty comes in because, say, it depends on how much experience the guys behind Nolan and Robert get this year, what the staff sees from them. Like, I think those decisions might not be made until the end of the season, right? And you see what you've gotten from some of these guys in-game through a whole – through a whole um, fall of practices and games. So, but yeah, like you said, I think they're always going to be on the lookout for a receiver or a defensive back that might fit. Um, then everything else, you know, quarterback, running back, maybe an edge uh, kind of program dependent there. Dylan Stroud says, think there's something to say about the connection of David Hill and staff and DeAndre Moore. I'm assuming David Hill is the guy for, they just brought in from Desert uh, uh, Desert Pines uh, out there in, in Nevada. And then you got DeAndre Moore, who's from out there as well. I'm not I'm not 100% certain on that, Dylan, honestly. So don't, uh, don't quote me on that. But, hey, there's a reason they bring in guys like that, uh, Jed, guys with connections. So And I think uh, the guy that came in from Desert Pines actually is – his title is the director of uh, connections, <laughs> high school connections. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. You know, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. But DeAndre Moore Jr., hey, 
you know, guys like him, guys like uh, Rico Flores that Georgia was, you know, in it with until, until the end of their recruitment. There's lots of guys out there that, you know, Georgia could always end up, if not in this class, dead, guys are going to hit the transfer portal a year, two years, you know, mm-hmm. into their high school, uh, college career. And Georgia does a really good job of staying connected to those guys, if you will. Yeah, and that's what we talk about. You recruit to the transfer portal now, and you don't burn bridges. You bring in directors of, of connections. Everyone laughs at all the staff titles that Billy Napier had down there, and then Georgia gets a director of connections, then it's not so funny anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's again, it's like we're talking about with NIL. That's the world now because these guys, so many of these guys will, will be back on the market in a year or two, and then you know Kirby and, and staff are going to have those relationships to fall back on. Absolutely. Greg Rosenberg says, uh, Munkin has a rep for having a tough personality to work with. He's a genius play caller, but his personality hurting offensive recruiting. Woo. I mean, Greg's pulling no punches here. Um, Hey, you know, when you're an NFL guy uh, that doesn't have to recruit for a living and then you get thrown into the Wow, we've been spammed uh, on the two weeks in a row, man. Spammed on the thing. I'm gonna block this. Uh, nobody click on that uh, that X-rated link over there in the in the chat. I mean, geez, I know that was uh, I know that was probably who probably put that in that chat. Maybe maybe Harry Leg or uh, or uh, Brett Weimer over there spamming us with a with a link in the chat. Now, but we appreciate it you guys. Something about Chuck Ward's the one that said something about a foreign object hidden in tights. So, yeah, hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I have no idea. I would, I would definitely not use uh, knuckles in a uh, brass knucks in a uh, in a cage match. But yeah, Greg, I think some guys are really good play callers, and maybe they don't have the infectious um, personality that some guys do like Adele McGee is really known for, and I know people are going to make jokes. Well, oh, what about justice Haynes? He's just really known like Tovani Mitchell and his father. I spoke to them class of 2024 running back uh, this, this past weekend, he was there for two days. And they said the biggest thing was that Dell McGee really wants to get to know your family. He wants to know your interests. He wants to know your likes, your dislikes, um, what everybody in your family uh, thinks about, about Georgia, uh, what they what they want to do in the future going forward, all this kind of stuff. I don't know if Todd Munkin is uh, kind of hitting hitting that kind of groove yet in uh, in recruiting that way. That way, I know Steve uh, Sarkeesian, even with his uh, troubles, you know, off the field aside, is a very engaging guy, engaging you know personality, uh, and who knows that may have had a a, a bigger impact with Arch Manning. So. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. Jed, your thoughts on this? Well, when you're a guy like Todd Munkin, and you and you have an up close personal view of a spectacular demise like the 2019 Cleveland Browns, that can that can uh, that can leave a mark on somebody. There, there's PTSD involved. Um, you know, there's that can have a lasting impact on somebody. So, um, I mean, you've well, got I mean, you got to kind of be a jerk to be the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah, clearly. Um, so, no, I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it could seem like that from the outside. He doesn't seem, you know, you watch the the energy of well, one, you don't even see Todd Munkin on the sidelines because he sits in the booth, but um, you know, you see a lot more of that outward energy from Will Muschamp and Glenn Schumann and 
um, you know, Chidera Uzo Deribe, if you follow him on social media. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Arch Manning and, and his family liked him, right? I mean, they developed a close relationship. So I don't know. I don't think that's hurting offensive recruiting. I mean, are there some guys that might not stick with him? Yeah, sure. But there's some guys that don't mesh with Kirby. And that just that it is what it is. So um, no, I don't think there's anything too much to read into that. I hear you. Well, guys, that is it for our show here tonight on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. We've covered a lot of ground on the recruiting front here. Make sure that you are tuned into us over on the ugasports.com vault. I'm going to have a story going out on Ricky Gibson tomorrow. I think Jed uh, said he's got a, a story going out. Who, who's the story going out? Jordan, you Hall. Got, Jordan Hall is locked and ready to go. A, a Jordan Hall story coming out tomorrow. So make sure that you're subscribed here. Make sure you're a member over on the UGA Sports Vault. And for my co-host, Jed May, uh, I'm Blaine Gilmer, and we'll catch you guys next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.